your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. Like the guy just said, whatever that guy's name is, Brad Paff, State Senator of District 32, Wisconsin State Senator, sitting in studio with me. He's going to hang hey, out this hour. Thank you. Hi, Brad. How are you? I'm good. Like, is this going to be, well, you said tomorrow. I was I was going to predict this might be the last nice day of no, fall. Tomorrow's but tomorrow's supposed to be in the 70s, they say, so but rain. That's too hot for me. It 60, is. it's a little humid. Weather. In fact, it's a little humid, and you got your sweater on. I, I know, know, I don't. I don't know how you survive. I dressed, uh, I had meetings all day, and I dressed this morning, and I had no idea it'd be in the mid-60s. Wonderful weather. Grilling weather. So we need, as a society, to, like, women have it figured out, because I think dresses are pretty comfortable. Like, you just boop, and uh, <laughs> they, wear, they wear, like, tights as dress, which is basically sweatpants. If we can get into the male side of the society where we can just wear sweatpants. Oh. And I mean, that's kind of why I have this job, but we're streaming now. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, but you can't see my sweatpants. Well, I, I can tell you, I got my blue jeans on. That's, <laughs> that's pretty comfortable. Yeah. Um, all right. So a lot of things to talk about. We, we talked about some of this stuff with Joe Billings last week in the assembly, but we actually, we kind of got sidetracked because she has a couple of her own bills out there, like Steve's Law. Do you, yeah. know, do you guys, are you getting Steve's Law? We passed Law? it, you yeah, passed we Steve's passed Law, it right? last uh, week in the state Senate. It's a good piece of legislation named after Steve Johnson, who was here in the lacrosse area. And uh, we're excited that uh, we can get this hopefully on the governor's desk if the assembly can get the work Are you done. a hunter? Like, do you know I, the ins I, and outs? Of, no, I okay. am no expert. My okay. son, my gosh, my son. In <laughs> fact, you get your son on to tell yeah, me about. He, he went bow hunting this weekend and... Um, Got a, a nice eight-point buck. Because part of the Steve's Law was like people that have some handicaps, like mm-hmm. vision or whatever, That's so right. they can't use – they don't have a driver's license. So That's they correct. can use a, their, a different they can use a ID different, That's to right. get a hunting license. And, it, and my whole thing was like, well, if they have – like, do you is there any prerequisites to getting a hunting license where, A, you, you would need to see – I understand that um, NASA, there can be, yeah, there can, NASA locally here, they help um, those they people. Help. But do you? But I know infants can get hunting licenses now. We did that years ago, right? We passed this law where just any you could because it's kind of funny to have your zero year old uh, with a deer tag on it. But then, like, what are the prerequisites? So anyway, it's not worth talking about because we got two guys that aren't hunters in here uh, trying to dis, dis, uh, decide I, uh, decide what I, hunting laws my, are. Uh, my freezer is full of venison because my son is an amazing hunter, and I—I'll uh, tell you, I love it. Um, well, did he? Did he? Was he successful oh, yesterday? Yeah. Oh, okay. very good. <laughs> Friday, yeah, he got a eight-point buck bow hunting. Other things. Other things on eight points. Eh, eight points. Yeah, That's but pretty it was good. nice. I mean, it's bow hunting. <laughs> it's a nice deer. I'm I'm pro bow hunting. The other one, I don't know so much. Um, I, you were on the Senate floor. What was it last week? Yes, uh, last about, Wednesday. Uh, Governor Evers. He has. What, 100 appointments, 120 appointments that yeah. the Senate just, what? just... They're not moving forward. And unfortunately, what's what we have right now, Rick, is we have, and I don't want to exaggerate this, but we have a democracy in distress. We have a situation in Washington, D.C., the first time in the nation's history. We don't have a Speaker of the House. <laughs> oh my God, you want to go down that no, road? No, right? I really don't. But uh, <laughs> not only do we not have a Speaker of the House in Washington, D.C., but we have a situation where here in Madison... Uh, we got individuals uh, that are stepping forward to serve on a variety of uh, advisory panels uh, because in Wisconsin, you know, our forefathers put together a state government, which they wanted to have uh, non-elected uh, individuals help uh, as far as policymakers making decisions. You could bring in someone on this advisory panel to tell us 
about hunting <laughs> like and getting and a hunting we, license. And, these are the kind of these, things these that are the kind of things we have. And so, uh, but unfortunately, um, in, Individuals that uh, you know have, are volunteering their time, uh, that uh, have some expertise uh, in a given topic, uh, they are being rejected uh, for no other reason than the fact that they were appointed by a particular governor. And it's really unfortunate. We have one half of the state's Department of Natural Resources board has been rejected. And um, for what reason? You know, there's really no good reason that's been given outside of the fact that, oh, you know, they may not particularly understand what's happening in a given area of the state. We have a statewide board because you know nobody can be an expert on everywhere around the state. So you appoint people from a variety of but, his places. But, but those the are state. the excuses used to just be again. It's it's the dumbest phrase. We're playing politics. We right? are We're just and, retaliating and, for go- to, at Governor Evers for. Maybe holding a special session or mm-hmm. using his veto pen. You know what we're gonna do then? Then we're gonna we're gonna fire all your appointees. All the appointees. And, so, um, and and you have you have, yeah. we can rehash this. Yeah. You want to rehash this a little bit? Well, I will just say this: I was I I was rejected as the Wisconsin State Agriculture Secretary. In fact, I was the uh, first Wisconsin Secretary Cabinet. Of, position to be rejected in and, the and, known history. And this is a cabinet position this as opposed cab- to what? As opposed to Because these, there are uh, cabinet positions being rejected as well? Well, they're not being voted up or down. Not being voted, right. And uh, the, the secretaries are appointees because, because they can't be confirmed. Because the state Senate doesn't have any rules. When Governor Evers appoints somebody, there should be like a 30-day clock. Right, hey, Senate, there's... you have to meet and, and, what, and cross-examine this person exactly. and vet them and decide whether or not to. And I believe that should happen, but and that you, doesn't happen. And you were the ag secretary. I was the agriculture secretary. For 11 months. 11 months. So That's why correct. would we let you do a job? That would be like hiring me to do this show without even knowing who I am. Let me do the job for 11 months and then. Mm-hmm. And then after that, go, oh, you know what? We should uh, – we don't like what he said on the show, That's and, right. which is exactly what That's happened what to you, right? That's what got me in trouble. I spoke up in regards to farmer mental health. Uh, you know, it was too many uh, farm bankruptcies in Wisconsin, and quite frankly, there – there's a growing mental health emergency that's taking place, not just in rural Wisconsin, but throughout Wisconsin. And I spoke up um, in a very pointed way uh, to the majority in the state legislature and said, hey, you need to do your job. They were holding up funding, right? They held up funding, $100,000, um, which is a lot of money. But when you talk about a state budget that's over $80 billion, I'm talking $100,000. I lost my job over that because I spoke up and said, why aren't you providing yeah. the farmer mental health counseling that is needed for the people here in rural Wisconsin? And then 11 months on the job, they fired you for saying that. And then right after that, they approved the mental health funding. Then right? they approved <laughs> the funding. They, first, they rejected me. Then they approved the funding. I laugh at and it now. And then you ran for state senate. <laughs> yeah, I laugh at it now. But you know what? I'm a big boy. I was rejected and I came home here. And one year to the day of my rejection as agriculture secretary, the voters here in the Western Wisconsin elected me to be their state senator. So I'll stand up and I'll fight hard for the people of this district. Can you be honest? If you, what, where would you better be as, as with your expertise as the ag secretary or as a state senator? Would would we be better off as a state with you? Not, not to, <laughs> not to say that the ag secretary isn't right. whoever it is, isn't doing their job, right. but would we, be, would your expertise be better there than here? Well, I greatly enjoy what I'm doing right now. Let me say that. I uh, never set out to be uh, the state senator. I uh, was appointed to serve as Wisconsin's agriculture secretary. And uh, I took that responsibility very seriously. And I enjoyed that uh, job a great deal. Um, But when uh, that uh, came to an end, um, you know, I wanted to make sure, well, 
people came forward and said, Brad, we want you to step forward and we want you to run. Uh, serving as a state senator obviously gives me the opportunity to um, serve a number of different constituencies with a variety of different topics. Um, whereas an agriculture secretary, I was focused obviously on rural issues, uh, economic development issues, uh, food safety issues. So it's a much more narrow perspective, but equally as important. Um, I enjoy this job. I greatly enjoy what I'm doing right now, but I it was an honor of a lifetime. You also to serve. feel a little bit helpless being in the minority. Right I now. do, I do, and it was honor of a lifetime as a farm boy to have the opportunity to serve as our state's agriculture secretary, even though it was only eleven months. It was a tremendous opportunity. It was a privilege, and I greatly enjoyed it. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk at text line. State Senator Brad Paff hanging out this hour. When we come back, we get to talk about the state drink that's legislation <laughs> amongst all the things that uh the the state legislature legislature could be go- doing uh we're also thinking about naming a state drink we'll be back wow you picked this one I is this it. the song you wanted this is the cars the car man this yeah. is a uh, people it's drive I mean, time people i guess are driving home yeah but they're gonna fall asleep on their way home this I don't know There's about good this. this is ter- we'll get a better song coming oh, after the next break. Brad, Brad Pav hanging out in the studio <laughs> here. Uh, we were talking about, well, we were, we we're reminiscing a little bit about you being fired as the state yeah. secretary. And we've done that multiple times, but it is always kind of funny. Um, and it's, it's reared, it's, it's reared its head again. Can the, can we make some rules where the Senate goes? All right. You have 30 days. Cause you, you can't sit on an appointment for a, a cabinet position for 11 months it doesn't make yeah. any sense we see this in the federal government as we well do. the acting secretaries and stuff like we that we do and so but you know so the senate has advising consent and I've, obviously i i believe that the senate needs to have advising consent but the question you're asking is is that is that just a stall tactic where the executive branch whomever he or she is whatever political party that the governor is elected from can never put their own people in place and what we're seeing now is we're seeing the majority party in the state senate um going beyond in my opinion just advising consent they there's no desire to confirm um uh, cabinet secretaries uh but now they're moving into these um Appointments. These appointments, yeah. uh, these board, these commissions. And I mean, these are individuals that uh, are professional individuals that have stepped forward and are willing to serve on a, a board yeah. or a commission. And they're, they being vo- they're volunteers? In many cases, they, what they're receiving is they're receiving a per diem for the yeah. hours that they're there, and then they're getting the mileage sure. to and from a meeting. The and, 12 cents a mile. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is. And um, But yet, you know, they're, they're, being put, they're being put before a... Uh, a state senate committee and uh, really being you know questioned on everything that's ever happened in their lives and i think that that i i think that we need to pull this back just a little bit and it's like you know what let's just let's just take our foot off the accelerator a little bit on this uh uh this uh anger that we've got out there it's just one of the one of the people they they did this to was melissa baldoff a domestic abuse survivor um from a previous marriage she was fired by from the from governor tony evers council on domestic abuse like so i I mean that seems a little like what better person to have on that council than somebody who's experienced it's like having a doctor that fixes broken arms and legs Never having a broken arm and leg, like oh, you're doc, you're a doctor that's broken your arms and legs. Well, you're going to be great for this position because you know exactly what it's like to go through uh, that stuff. So, and uh, it's it's 
I, I just think it's unfortunate. I don't think that we should be going that far. I mean, you know, as far as those individuals that are elected officials, I mean, it's fair game. I, I'll be the first one to admit that. If you're going you're going to put yourself forward as an elected official, you need to be able to uh, stand on your own two feet. You've got to explain who you are and what you're all about. But for an individual that is willing to uh, lend their expertise to serve on a nonpartisan commission or advisory board, um, you know, to to be run through the ringer like that, I think it's unfortunate. We have the DNR policy board, and that that is nonpartisan, but it's totally partisan. Uh, how do we get to a position where that thing is partisan? The DNR policy board? Yeah, it's really become partisan because what happens is is that if you are a member of a particular group, or if you have written, a, if you contributed to a campaign, or if you have written a letter to the editor, um, you know, various references, then. Um, you know, people infer things. Um, they begin to say, well, you must not share a political ideology that uh, we happen to share. And thus, you know, how do you feel about this issue? How do you feel about that issue? And again, it just spirals into... Is it pay to play? Like I can contribute to somebody's campaign and then therefore get on the DNR policy board? It's a weird thing to be, to want to be on and, and to yeah. spend money on to be a... Like I, yeah, so what happened, and just, uh, I mean, real quick history is 100 years ago, Robert LaFollette, um, when the progressive movement took place in the state of Wisconsin, we wanted, we wanted to make sure that people, average, average people on the street had the opportunity to participate in policymaking, and we created advisory boards and commissions. Wisconsin was quite unique in that. That's uh, our progressive heritage. Um, but now we have a situation where, again, that uh, – a good intent of having you know, people that are unelected uh, serve on advisory commissions. Now, I mean, they are being really run through the ringer on where they stand on every particular topic and whatever they've done in their history now is fair game. And I think it's, again, I think it's unnecessary and I think it's uh, it's a step back for our state. You gave a speech on the Senate floor about this. Was that the speech? Yeah. Did yeah. you go to the 100 years ago? I did. I and did. then did everyone immediately fall asleep? Yeah, they were like, come on, we don't want to <laughs> Oh, Pat is talking about yeah. 1800s exactly. again. Oh, I guess 100 years ago would be the 19 years ago. Yeah, it was 19, it was like the early 1910s. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. When the uh, LaFollette's progressive. But how, how is that stuff, uh, like when you're looking out yeah. and you're having speeches like this, do are well, people just on their phones? What's going on yeah, in the crowd? Yeah, well, there's, there's some of that. Yeah. There is some of that. And of course, the nice thing is there are state Senate rules where you cannot call another senator out. Um, all your comments need to be directed towards the presiding officer of the state Senate, in this case, the Senate president. Right. Well, you and, go home and go on Twitter to call them yeah, out. That's what you do. Right? So what happens is social media is when you get called, calls things out. Uh, 608-785-7914. If you have a question for State Senator Brad Paff, um, Child care. We're going to get to child care at the the sure. second half of the hour because I think it'll t- it'll take a little bit longer. But um, we have five minutes here. Oh. Old fashioned <laughs> as the state drink. Somebody proposed this. Jill came on. I don't know if she came on and I mean, she might have said this off the air, but it's not like it's not anything big. Uh, she said the the state. The, was it in the Senate that yep. proposed this? The senator who proposed this. Apparently, there's some up north senator who's got a big supper club. And she's like, I think they're going to be pretty mad because he wanted to propose something like this because he has this giant supper club that's known for brandy old fashions, right? And we're going to make the old fashioned the straight the the, the <laughs> state drink. drink. Uh, should we be? Should we? Is this a time in the place for? Uh, do you guys just need to let off some steam and like, okay, let's just do this? Well, I've, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm a co-sponsor of it. Uh, it was. The bill was introduced. It's a resolution. It was introduced by State Senator Corey Tomjak from Wausau. 
uh, it's well-intentioned. And, you know, I think, you know, this is an opportunity to kind of bring us together. Are you a brandy old-fashioned expert? I like brandy old-fashioned sweet. I'm no expert, but okay. I, do like, I like cherry, two cherries in my uh, <laughs> okay. brandy old-fashioned. I, I used to just steal now, dad's <laughs> cherries right out of the thing when I was a kid. And I now, still kind of do like that. Some people like the sour, uh, but I'm not a sour. But is it the brandy that makes this? Mm-hmm. Like Jill was trying to talk to us about this too, Jill, state rep Jill Billings. Is it the brandy that makes this unique to Wisconsin? Because I've I've heard it people is. talk about this. You go outside of Wisconsin and you say brandy old fashioned. They don't know what the they hell. They don't you're know talking what about. that is. Um, and quite frankly, uh, Corbell, which is a brandy manufacturer, I've read that over one half of all of their Corbell brandy that they manufacture is sold in Wisconsin. Where is Corbell manufactured? It's is in California. A, see, we got to get them it's to come grape, here. Then grapes, I think it's, maybe it's grapes from California. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a Wisconsin. You know, we've got a huge supper club, and again, uh, we got a lot of supper clubs in Wisconsin, and it's kind of nice. The well, ambiance, does... people come together, got to have the salad bar, you know, Friday night fish, fish fry in a brandy old fashioned. <laughs> it's Wisconsin. It's the one thing that you know people can kind of agree on, and uh, you know, I thought... can they though? Do we need a better state drink? Is there a, is there a number two? What would yeah. be Miller Lite? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, we do have. We are very proud of our brewing industry in Wisconsin, no yeah. doubt. Obviously, I, I'm very supportive of the uh, of milk. I think that's an important uh, beverage. The state drink could be milk. <laughs> but I uh, mean, when you say, oh, it's cocktail, though, right? Yeah, so it couldn't cocktail. be beer. So yeah, beer is a, a isn't a cocktail. It is a cocktail. And then you're not you're not uh, pitting like microbreweries or no. city brewery here city against, brewery against, the... against uh, New Glarus. Okay, but do we have any like cocktail, like Wisconsin – roots where there's you know yeah. okay because because last year we were doing cheese yes. we were doing state cheese and it was going to be colby cheese and then westby was like hey what the bleep and why right. was like we yeah. got cheese right. uh, although colby's somehow got yeah. its own name for a cheese and these yeah. other places need to do that but we still we still do not have a state cheese right. because quite frankly wisconsin we make a we lot were too of divisive yeah. on state cheese like and, we can't yeah. do it because we have actual places in Wisconsin that make cheese, but we don't really have an actual place in Wisconsin that makes a brandy or a brandy old fashioned, right? Like, so now every, or do we, because every, you're every, talking about the brandy in California, the manufacturer well, there. And, but there's different types of brandy. I'm just yeah. saying Corbell over half a Corbell. Oh, for sure. And that's fine. Brandy but is sold here. Maybe, maybe we should lure them here then. And then like, we'll make brandy old fashioned the state drink if you come br- bring a plant over the here. Economic development plan, without yeah, a doubt. Well, like, talk to, what is it, Weedick? Talk to the Weedick people? The Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation. Yeah, I, I hear you. The thing is, is that it is an opportunity to kind of get people talking. And Did you guys pass this thing? No, no. This All right. was just interesting. So you can add an amendment to it. Yes. This that was just part of this is to bring Cor- Corbell's. Corb- in, in like lure a brandy maker into Wisconsin somehow I don't know like let's just add an amendment like but, let's you know, let's make are... it beneficial besides just promoting something alcoholic let's bring some business into this opportunity true and there are those that have uh, bourbon old fashions though I've never oh. had that yeah see you and then I, that if you probably go to like New Orleans that's probably the yeah, norm Kentucky, right you yeah. go to you get a brandy old fashioned New Orleans they probably kick you out of the yeah, bar they don't not... you're like it's the state drink of Wisconsin. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break, and we're going to talk about uh, the dueling. We're we're still arguing about child care. I don't don't know how we're doing that, but we're going to still argue about it, and we'll argue about it here in a minute. Another slow starter. This one gets better. Jukebox Hero. 
Well, you're spoiling it. I guess now everyone's into it. Uh, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I'm Rick Solom in Lacrosse Talk PM. Brad Paff, State Senator of District 32, is hanging out with us. Year a year are we a year away from you really having to start campaigning? Hell yeah. Does that change at all? Like what you're doing as a senator versus campaign mode? Because I feel like I'm always I'm trying to be out there as much as I can. Although you guys are off what a couple yeah. months from now, you guys are done for the. <laughs> that's when the legislature. Your full time. What is adjourns. it? April. Yeah, and that's what in the past. Uh, it, last year it was March or whatever. Right. Two years ago. That's right. Um, yeah, last year, and then this year I think it's a little bit later, so it sounds a little bit I better. Hope. But you get the like April, May, June, July, August, September, October. You get like the last eight months of the year off and to campaign. I don't campaign. understand it. I don't understand. It. You're like the one person that voted against that, right? I did I voted the, against. The, the, the we have a job calendar. to do. Let's do our job, but. Others are just the, the argument I had is we shouldn't be passing legislation during an election year. That was the argument I heard. Mm. And my my thing is like we absolutely should be proposing bills mm. and pa- this is what I as a state legislator mm. want to do going forward even in the last 8 months of the the term and heading into an election year, here's the bills I want to propose. Yeah. Vote for me. I don't. I don't understand that. I mean, we're I already understand. doing that anyway with like yeah. transgender bills, and I mean, that, these are all culture war crap that that is divisive anyway. So, I mean, what's going to change? All right, we're gonna we're gonna go to the phones here. Caller, who is this? Hey, my name is Nick. How you doing? Hey, Nick, you got a question for Brad? Yes, I do. I was wondering why he doesn't want to re-challenge uh, Derek Van Orden. Is because he don't think he can win, or he's happy with what he's doing? Just curious. Sure. Uh, Derek Van Orden's a U.S. House representative, uh, currently not in the country unless he flew home today, uh, as the House of Representatives does not have a speaker, and they're voting for that tomorrow, I believe. Van Orden yep. took a trip to Israel yep. on the taxpayer's dime, yep. I would imagine, unless he's yep. going to pay that back. Uh, he Going on a quote-unquote fact-finding mission was yep. his statement because he doesn't trust the Biden administration. Uh, his Twitter account as of like 2 a.m. this morning was uh, he was tweeting from Israel, unless he saved those tweets for later. Um, but you chose not to run. I think we have five Democrats now yeah, running. Yeah, there's a number of Democrats That's that are another, running. There was another one just last week. I forget the name, but so I don't want to name yeah. them all. Although Rebecca Cook will be in here on Wednesday. Okay. Um, yeah, but you made the decision. You're not going to run. Why is that? I guess, can you explain? I, uh, yes. Thank you very much, Nick, for the question. Um, I will say this. It was an honor of a lifetime to uh, run for Congress. I greatly enjoyed that opportunity. Uh, I just did not see the financial commitment coming from the National Party. Um, I believe that the people of this district deserve better than having the current member of Congress that currently represents them. Uh, I did my level best in order to make sure that the uh, people of this district had someone that they knew had the character, temperament, and judgment to serve in Congress. Uh, but unfortunately, I, think I could not uh, personally raise the kind of dollars that uh, Kevin McCarthy raised uh, for Derek Van Orden in order to compete. And uh, when I sought out um, and asked for... Um, assistance going forward uh, to consider the 2024 race. I, I did not get the kind of commitment that I thought was necessary in order to run the kind of race that would be necessary in order to make sure the people of this district have a member of Congress that they can feel proud of. The, uh, the so. National Party didn't put in into your election. They, they kind of zero. And so you were outspent like seven million to two million. That's correct. Like that? That's correct. And I am proud to say that, uh, you know, it's unbelievable for a job that pays what it pays a little over $150,000. Uh, I personally raised close to $2 million. 
Um, in Does order- it make you feel itchy? Yeah. To, yeah. Like, it was I have awful. to use $2 million. It, it was absolutely um, awful. Also, but- what if we just had like sports? We just had a like, salary cap. Yeah, I think everyone gets I a million. I do believe that we need to talk about, uh, I obviously strongly support First Amendment rights, uh, freedom of speech, and freedom of expression, but I also think that uh, it's unfortunate that. Uh, you know, those with more and more money can uh, put it will back to pay to play. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, but we saw a situation in which, um, you know, Kevin McCarthy raised over seven million dollars for Derek Van Orden. And uh, he was able to uh, um, win this seat very narrowly in 2022. He now is the, serves in Congress and uh, there are candidates that are running for this seat. Can we can we do just like some politics sure. strategy here. Go ahead. As Democrats, when you're all running, you, Deb McGrath, mm-hmm. uh, Rebecca Cook, and, and Mark, Mark Newman, Newman right? you didn't really attack each other. I, I think I think Rebecca did a little bit in certain areas. I don't remember recall, and it wasn't like mm-hmm. vitriol, you know. Mm-hmm. But do you do you guys? Because we we rip on the presidential debates a lot right. of times because they attack each other, and maybe that's not that maybe maybe that's not like. It's not very helpful mm-hmm. the way they're attacking each other, but you could attack people on policy. Mm-hmm. But Democrats don't – Senate race, too, against Ron Johnson. There, there was like a no standoffs there. Uh, it, does the strategy need to change a little bit? Like, oh, Brad believes in this, and I believe in this, and we should – Well, like- that's a good question, and it depends on you know the individual candidate. My strategy all along was the fact that uh, you know I was going to differentiate myself from Derek Van Orden. And yep. I think that it was a very clear difference of who we are, what we stand for. We have different temperament, different judgment, different character. And, uh, you know, my background's in this district, and he moved into this district to run for office. So, you know, I wanted to make sure that I framed that race in that particular way. Right. Now, as far as I mean, you came running, out of the running, primary against running another in Democrat, the primary, so. I, I, I was running against the. Uh, I was running a general election in my primary. Mm-hmm. Um, if yeah. anyone had wanted to talk to me about issues, I was happy to discuss those issues. But I thought it was very important that people recognize the fact that if you're going to have a member of Congress who's going to be there for you through thick and thin and vote for your interest, you need to know what that person is all about. And I think if you really start peeling back the onion and, and learning more about myself and learning about the current member of Congress, I think the difference is very clear. But now we've got uh, a different race. Uh, this is race in 2024, and uh, uh, the current incumbent, Van Orden, is going to have to explain um, who he is and what he's all I, about. I kind of wonder if anyone will run against Van Orden in the Republican Party being based on just, you know, the, the – I think, I, think I think the Republican Party, like any other political party, continues to grow and evolve, and I think the political party is growing and evolving. And if you talk to uh, – you know, different Republicans uh, here in the lacrosse area, they will say how, you know, the party is different than it was in the past. Now, is that, it's, you know, it depends on, I guess, where you stand is where you sit. Uh, uh, somebody texted in, why would Van Norden pay back flying to Israel when the bipartisan group just recently went to Israel that are Democrats going to pay it back as well? Yes, everyone that's flying to Israel uh, and on quote-unquote fact-finding missions or whatever they want to call it, Yes, that should. It, 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 but when you go alone, it's one thing to just go alone, and and then it, like it's another thing to go as a group. You're kind of you can bunk together. There's ways to save a little bit, but but I, I don't I don't know what. 
what constitutes justification for for going, especially when we don't have a house speaker. So anything that you find out can't be you can't do anything about it anyway because there's no house speaker. Yeah, yeah, we need to get a house speaker because the thing is this: it is a very serious situation over there in Israel right now, and uh, it is important that we do have a house speaker so we can the House of Representatives can vote uh, on various resolutions and funding matters in order to make sure that uh, you know this uh, this war doesn't turn into something larger and become a regional war. Uh, that is something that none of us want. All right, let's reel it in. Okay, done with the that kind of politics yep. talk, because you're you're obviously a state senator. You're not running for mm-hmm. Congress anymore. And Aaron, I appreciate your question that you're asking me about Kevin McCarthy. Save it for Wednesday when Rebecca Cook is in here, because uh, that'll be a question more pertinent to her, because Brad's not running. So we don't, I mean, it's, it's great to get his insight and stuff. Um, okay, Child care legislation. Yep. Governor Evers came up with $170 million in federal money. So that came from the, that's through the federal ARPA, ARPA dollars. Money. Right. Okay. Republicans are mad because they're like, oh, now you find this right. money? Who or where should, should, do they, are they justified in being like, oh, now Governor Evers, you've been asking, you know, the state to pay for child care subsidies, but you had this in your back pocket the whole time. I don't know if he did, but that's what they, you yeah, know, Yeah, no, that's, that's their, that's their comment. That's their argument. The thing is this, is that I, I didn't know that the governor was going to move forward with that $170 million either. Um, and that is something I'm trying to learn more about as well. But I will say this, is that uh, enough's enough as far as the legislative finger pointing. I think it, we recognize the fact that one of the most important ways to grow our state's economy is to make sure that we have a child care system that works. The La- Greater La Crosse Chamber of Commerce was just in the state capitol two weeks ago. Uh, business people were sharing their story about how the state legislature needs to work on child care. We need to move forward with this. So, I mean, we got to fix the situation we have right now. And the situation we have right now, Rick, is the fact that the the economics of child care does not work. For working parents, child care is too expensive. But if you're a child care provider trying to keep a child care center open, you have paper-thin margins, and you can't afford to hire staff. So we have to fix the situation that we have. Um, well, the child care industry, is, it's a weird one to be a for-profit industry. It's kind of like healthcare. Yes. Why is that a for-profit? You know, I guess yeah. like, well, some are, are kind of non-profit, right. but like the, the, because it's a necessity. It's a need. It's kind of like food and water a little bit for, for certain families because if you don't have child care, then you can't go to work. Yeah. And if you can't go to work, you can't pay the bills. And 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 then to be able to like oh well the childcare providers got to make a profit on this yeah. too well then we got to change the the model we I have think. to change I always the model say, I always say we should make it a public school situation model like instead of K through twelve we just go all the way down to whatever you want to call infant care or whatever and, and there are some school districts that are doing that yeah and so people ask me well why is childcare so the cost it is why is it so expensive well let's think about what service that we're providing. These are our children. This is early childhood education. These, this is from six weeks to four years uh, that child is. And we want to make sure that that child is getting uh, the mental stimulus and the nutrition and uh, the encouragement well, and the love that it is needed. Any expert that you say is, is they say the brain develops the oh, most during those whatever, right. however many early years, I don't know if it's exactly. four or whatever. Um, so you don't want to just like, you don't want to do it on a cheap. Uh, well, you don't want to do it in the cheap. You don't want like Betty's backyard or, huh. you know, basement daycare. Sorry, Betty out there, but like, uh, I'm fine. Or like a, an underground daycare where it's just uh, like off regulation and it's just a place that I can drop my kid off and, 
and I know that at the end of the day I can go pick my kid up, but there might not be any enrichment there, and then that kid's going to fall behind a little that's bit. Right. So, and that that's that's the, that's right, Rick. I mean, you're a great spokesman person. That's exactly right. That is the situation that we have. So, how can we continue to bring in early childhood educators that work at this child care center, and they're making eleven, twelve, thirteen dollars an hour? I, who's going to do that? Um, that is. People are doing extremely important work. They're angels for doing this work. And at the same time, uh, you know, we have to make sure that we can continue to have a, a diverse child care setting that's available because, you know, today's economy, people aren't just working from 8 to 5. I mean, you've got night shift, you've got uh, weekends, you've got 12-hour shift. We, it's also rural and urban. So yeah, everyone, everyone understands the like, dilemma and then yeah. the cost. But So the Senate, your Senate, right. has proposed some child care legislation. There were six bills a while ago, but the newest one is like child care, but also like tax cuts for the rich. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's, that's like where what? it's like... Let's but the, just have but the a, child care portion of this doesn't make sense to me either. And, and tell me if there's more to this. Sure. But uh, along with it cutting income taxes for people between $18,000 and $405,000. So, like, okay, that gap's too too big to me. It, uh, just throw that out. The child care portion of this bill, create a state tax credit for families paying for child care. Mm-hmm. Okay. Increase income tax deductions for private school tuition. What, what does that have to do That's with child care? not addressing child care. Make, make professional credentials granted to workers in other states valid in Wisconsin. I don't, that like, doesn't address the child care okay. situation. Prohibit state examining boards from requiring counselors, therapists, and pharmacists pass tests on state law and regulation. That doesn't I, address child care. Okay, and, then, and those are the child care that's, portions that's of the, the quote-unquote child care. That, uh, so maybe create a state tax credit for families paying for child care. That one works. Uh, sure. Maybe. Uh, yeah. No, and uh, let's sit down and let's have – But but is that, that just – be part of the overall – Is that just more work for me when I try to do my taxes yeah. and now i got to pay H&R Block another $100 in order to, to in order figure to out figure that? Hey, out. by the way, H&R Block – Here's all the receipts I have for childcare. Add that to my tax because right. now I'm going to get a tax credit. That's correct. So it's just more work yeah. because we don't because nobody knows how. Like I don't know how to do my taxes, and there's I don't even have children. So yeah, like, and, it's I, not, and, it's and believe simple, me, I'm so. not opposed to a tax credit, but I do believe it's not going to solve the situation that we have, and uh, we need to be serious. They're not being serious, and the thing is, is the voters are serious about this, and they will speak next November in regards to this. This is a serious issue. Um, you know, when we have workers on the sidelines that can't get into the workforce and they want to work because of the fact that they don't have a place to take their child, um, that's a serious situation. When we're, when we, so the dilemma here is the yeah. child care workers probably don't get paid enough. That's correct. So that's going to cost more to, to pay them better. Uh, is there, an, and then is there enough childcare facilities or do we no. need, we need more? We have lost, we, in here in La Crosse County, we have lost hundreds over the last uh, 20 years. Uh, this situation is you've got childcare centers and you've got in-home, uh, facilities. Yeah. And you know, we can have, we can have both. We need to have both. Um, but the thing is, we need do, to. Do we start with just the, the worker pay situation there? Childcare worker pay? Well. Because we need those people to be in the child care centers, but then if we don't have the child, like, you know, it's like right. what comes first, the chicken or the egg, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, what comes first? But we could do both at the same time. We need time, to do right? both. We need to do both. And then at the same time, we need, um, as far as on the parent side, you have the overall cost. And when we're talking anywhere between 150 and $200 a week uh, per child, you know, depending upon the age of the child, I mean, that's, that's some serious money. Yeah, Especially for sure. if you have two children. 
You know, that's that's serious money. If you have more children, I mean, that's even more money, as we know. Um, that can uh, that's serious. Yeah, when it gets to the point where I, if I go to work and send my kid to childcare the money I'm making at work ends up being like $2 an hour. Well, at that point, the sacrifice is I just stay home, but we don't want to, that's and, not and how then society. then if someone's being pulled out of the workforce. Then yeah. We, and we society that. doesn't work like that's that anymore. It's, uh, it's not 1980s where my mom could stay home and my dad could go to work. Also women kind of want careers as well. All right. We're going to talk brewers quick when we come back with right. state Senator Brad Pat. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom, State Senator Brad Paff, hanging out with me. He's he's trying to look up childcare facility numbers that have closed, and and, and you Cross you put County. it you you put the timeline pretty pretty deep, but right. it's, we have lost an awful lot of childcare providers in Lacrosse County over the last twenty years. I don't have the exact number, um, but I can tell you that um, you know there are, are real leaders here in this area. Um, Jody Wittick um, from the uh, uh, family and Children's Center and others that can uh, share those uh, numbers. In fact, this is an important topic, Rick, and I would encourage you to continue to reach out to people in the community and bring them on your show. You're going to vote for the Brewers before you're on here next month? Well, I can tell you the state's... Vote, the, the vote for the Brewers thing uh, will happen? Yeah. $545 million? We'll see. I mean, it passed the state assembly. Um, I see our local legislators did vote for it. Um, We'll see what happens in the state Senate. I Are you s- undecided yet? I, I firmly am undecided. It's I, Obviously, I'm a strong supporter of the Brewers. I want to see us keep professional baseball in Wisconsin. Just when you're in the meeting, just ask them, hey, what if we gave you the stadium? Yeah. We'll do a dollar for the stadium. And then see and what they, they have to make. You report back next yeah, month. See what happens. All right, that's State Senator Brad Paff. Thanks a lot, Brad. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening and texting.